Welcome to Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC, and a place where leaders learn from leaders. Let's join today's episode. Hello, and welcome everybody to another episode of our Perspectives podcast, a place where leaders learn from leaders. And I'm so excited to be able to host today. I'm Kenitra Kiki-Hikes, your host for our awesome conversation that we're going to have today with author Drew uh, Jackson. Um, And so I'm excited to have this conversation as we dwell more into the Executive Leaders Handbook and learn a lot more about Drew and his background as coming from a pastor and moving over to a leadership coach as well. So we're excited to have you, Drew. Welcome to our Perspectives Podcast. Kiki, thank you for having me. It's so good to be with you today. Yes, it's so great to have you, and I'm so excited to jump in. I've, I've gotten a chance to read through your book, so we have an exciting, interesting topics that we do want to talk about with you today. So could you just share a little bit more about yourself with our audience, introduce yourself, share a little bit more about your business and what you do? Yeah, so once again, my name is Drew, and uh, I'm an executive coach trainer, uh, speaker on the topic of leadership, and just all things leadership, really, I love to talk about. Um, And I tend to work with small businesses, 50 to 400 employees is usually who I work with. Um, Having a great time working with some Chick-fil-A's, some banks that you may be familiar with, and uh, other companies. Just been an honor to work with these different teams and groups. Um, But yeah, I'm a father of five, been married 20 years, um, and uh, we've got a senior, so we got senior night tonight. So, you know, I do the podcast by day, senior night, watch the, uh, my oldest cheerlead tonight. So, so that's kind of my life in a nutshell. Yeah. Talk about wearing multiple hats, right? You're wearing multiple hats, different roles and moving from podcast to senior night with your kids. So that's great. Um, so, you know, I want to let the audience know from, in short, you came from pastor to leadership coach. How was that journey like for you? What was that transition? Yeah, the I would say a lot of the skill sets were easily transferred. So I learned leadership in, in 15 years of um, pastoral ministry. And so I, I had to cast a vision. I had to get people behind what, what, what I was doing. And I didn't have a paycheck to encourage them, right? So I really had to um, uh, find other ways of learning how to lead people. Um, and so those skills were very easily transferred. I think the biggest challenge probably is the business side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wasn't even, I wasn't even great at, uh, you know, uh, tithes and offerings as far as like, you know, encouraging people to give. I, I, I was kind of a, um, a, a, I don't know, idealist in that way that uh, if I just do all this stuff that, that people will give and, um, and it is a skill set <laughs> as far as that. And, and so in that same way, um, the business side of things, I, I, I have a passion for people. It says behind me, my dream is to help you live yours. And uh, I love doing that. I'm passionate about it. But at the same time, I got five kids. I'm married. You know, I got I got responsibilities and I've got to have a business that that gives goods and services and uh, in turn receives, um, uh, you know, compensation for that. And so the business side is probably the uh, most challenging side of the entire process. Um, But, yeah, the skill set very transferable. The coaching side though. So as a pastor, I spoke, so that was already done. Um, I, I did trainings to develop my leaders, but then I did counseling 
And counseling and coaching are very different. When someone goes to a counselor, they just want answers, you know, and if they're a biblical counselor, they just want you to tell them, what does the Bible say about this problem that I have and what I should do? But coaching is different in that um, kind of the philosophy of coaching is the answer is within. So you ask a lot of questions to help people come to their own conclusions and really make decisions that are best um, in alignment with the reality of the situation that they find themselves in. So that was the biggest learning curve skill set wise. Right. You, and you talk about that <clears throat> learning those new skills. And, you know, when you said it's a big difference between counseling and coaching, where coaching, you have to really work on developing other skills so that they can get to the answer as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a, a hard part to really work on is how you coach others to do those things. So how was it for you? What, how did you develop your skills so that you're able to be a leadership coach? I am very much um, a believer in, you know, jumping in. I, I, I probably jump in with a, a little bit of information um, and, and give it a, give it a shot. Just try to um, do it. So practice, practice, practice is how I would go about it. Um, I've tried to, as I've gotten older, to do more research and more training. My wife's on the other extreme. She's an accountant. So she's very much, let's figure out all that we need to do and then go out and uh, take action. And so I've learned from those techniques and, and uh, studied and, and studied other coaches. Um, I did go and get certified in the uh, Maxwell uh, certification program. And so that gave me the foundation and understanding of coaching. But um, really, I'll be honest with you, I, I avoided it to start out. Um, I, was, I was certified in coaching, had the training to be a coach, but it wasn't something that I marketed. I marketed my speaking and I marketed my training because that was my comfort zone. Um, but when the pandemic hit, <laughs> you know, we all had to make a pivot of some sort. And my, my strategic bet was that um, if people are going to invest in my services, they're going to do it at the highest level. And it's not going to be in a group setting. It's going to be more one-on-one just due to uh, everything we knew about the pandemic at the time. And so at that point, I made a complete pivot to only selling coaching. And my business went from about 20% coaching to 80% coaching and, you know, training, a little bit of virtual training, virtual speaking, and it, it flipped in that way. And so now I've, I've kind of come a little bit back towards training and speaking, but still the vast majority of what I do is coaching. And so really, uh, I got better by practice, practice, practice. I'm a big believer in um, the, the phrase, you fight like you train. And so uh, if, if you want to be good at something, yes, we can kind of talk ourselves up. We can borrow confidence from other areas of our life. But if you actually want to be confident and be good at something, you've got to practice doing that thing. And um, when you're practicing, you can say, hey, I'll give you a free coaching session. Um, and if you like it, you can buy some. I, I have friends that have built their entire business that way. Um, or you can have your prices be a little bit lower so that you can get more clients and then you can steadily raise your prices along the way as you get better at what you do. So that's that's how I went about it. Right. I mean, it's such, I mean, those numbers, when you went to 
80% coaching during the pandemic, um, that says a lot about what people were needing during that time and needing that. Were you doing one-on-one coaching, group coaching? What was your strategy with moving forward with that and, and increasing that part of your business? Yeah, so all one-on-one coaching and um, just lining them up. Hey, you've got eight or 10 leaders in your organization that you want coached. Let's do it from, you know, whatever it is, 7, 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. at night. And I'll, I'll, I'll coach all your leaders. I'll come into your building or we'll do it virtually. And we'll just circulate the people um, into the room one by one. So that's, that's really how I did it. And I got to tell you, Kiki, as you can probably tell, and the listeners can tell, I like to talk. And so coaching, I don't talk as much, you know, I talk 10% of the time. And so it it was really a challenge to try to discipline myself to not just go into teacher mode and and tell these people everything they need to do um, to get better, but instead uh, sit back, listen, ask questions and understand what I found with coaching, what I love about coaching. And uh, I believe you all do coaching as well is that the benefit of coaching is that people get to get out of their own head. And um, as one of my mentors said, it's very efficient in that you're only solving, solving problems that exist. Whereas training, if I'm training a group of 50 people, I'm hoping that maybe 50 or 60% of the information that I share resonates with each individual. And it's going to be a different 50 or 60% that, that hits home with them and the situation they're facing and, and the problem that they're facing in that moment. But with coaching, the goal is that 100% of what's happening in that room is only dealing with the problems that the individual is facing in that moment and really talking about the skills they need to um, overcome the challenge they're facing in that moment. So, so yeah, I love, I love the, the whole coaching process. Yeah. And I know for some leaders, it's hard to accept coaching because they find it very reactionary. I've been made a mistake or I've been put in a position where I've had a difficult team to manage. So it's a very active process. But from what I'm hearing you talking in your book, you've turned into a very proactive, positive part of just being a leader. Everybody needs to increase their learning knowledge continuously throughout their career. And that proactive coaching helps leaders just to enhance their skills that they already have into becoming a better leader themselves. So I I love that approach of taking it and making it very proactive. And that's, you know, same thing Essence Learning does, Drew, and why we make such great partners is because we look at that coaching from a proactive standpoint as well. So um, I think that's that's really great. So I want to transition over into your book because I have talked about it and I've mentioned it before. um, And you gave great advice for leaders from communication skills um, as as well as how to manage team, as well as what teams need to look for in their leaders. So I want to talk about that because you are on the Amazon bestsellers list. So congratulations for that. That's a a huge accomplishment. Um, But I want you to talk about your book to our listeners and tell them what does your book have? What does it offer for leaders? Thank you. Thank you for all that. And yes, the the book and, and how I wrote it is um, almost like an owner's manual for your vehicle. So let's say you have some light pop up on your on your dashboard in your car and you go, my goodness, what what does that light mean? What is that? What am I supposed to do? You go and you grab that handbook or that manual from your glove compartment and you look up, OK, what does that light mean? You find the page, you look up the chapter on that, you read about it and you 
make a, some, you take action based on what that chapter told you to do. The same thing is true with my book. So my book, yes, you can read it cover to cover. It's fine. Um, but how I wrote it was that it would be that handbook, that manual for um, when you find yourself in a moment where um, you have an opportunity you've never had before, or you have a challenge you've never faced before. And you go, I don't know how to handle this conflict with an employee. How, how can I overcome this issue? And you go and you look in the communication portion of the book and it talks about handling conflict. And you go to that chapter and it's going to give you practical steps on how to handle that conflict. Or maybe you say, you know what? I just want to up-level my meetings. They're stale. I've had meetings the same way. Or my, I've gotten feedback from my team that my meetings are uh, don't seem like they're, they're, they're really all that important um, or we're not... Uh, making the most of our time with the meetings. And so you look up the chapter on meetings and you get a template for how you can um, put together your meetings moving forward. So it gives you tips in those ways. And these are all um, uh, topics that for one, I've used in my own leadership. So when I was leading uh, organizations or teams within an organization, what I used, how I dealt with conflict, how I had tough conversations, how I led my meetings, how I um, led my organization, the mindset uh, uh, items that I had to go through. But not only that, because, you know, I'm one individual. Kiki, you're an individual. What works for you may or may not work for me, right? And vice right. versa. So I thought I'm only going to put in this book what I've used and then what I've shared with my clients and they put in the pra practice and they've gotten results from these techniques or these tips. And so that's that's those are the rules that I gave myself for the book. And um, it's very much for the practitioner of leadership. Um, it works for those that are in the uh, executive, the C-suite folks. Um, I've coached those folks and it works for the new leaders. I was talking to a young man, recent college graduate, has a leadership opportunity um, in that second level of leadership within an organization. And he's finding tremendous value in the book on things that he can put into practice as he really builds his toolkit of leadership and kind of how he goes to market um, with him, with his own leadership uh, skills. And so um, it works for everybody uh, across the spectrum and it really is a, a true handbook. Right. Yeah. And it, and it reads like that with the tips and advice, right? Here's the section that you should follow for communication. Here's a, you know, so there's so many great, sections to it. And I never thought about that reading it like a car manual. I need to know what this light means when it comes on, go and find it. Here's how you fix it. Um, and so it's kind of the same solutions, go and find the problem. Here's how you fix it. So you've written a great guide for leaders on how to do that. You know, you. and I know you in the beginning, you mentioned some of the clients that you've worked with in businesses, banks, Chick-fil-A and so forth. What has been one of the most I guess for you, one of the most proven or the best moments of tips that you have offered some of your past decision makers when they have made, had to make decisions about leadership or coaching. Um, what is one moment that really stands out for you? Yeah. So when it comes to leaders, I think if, if you're a leader, executive leader, you're listening to this podcast right now, you're a decision maker in your organization um, I would encourage you definitely to take time to reflect, um, on, on whatever it is that you're looking at. Uh, don't be, we mentioned, uh, you mentioned rea being reactionary, um, in some of our things instead, take some time, reflect on the situation as a whole that you're facing 
and then get some feedback from different levels within your organization on um, what's going on. And this, this is a little bit different, but, but any decision that you make as a, a leader, you have to sell that decision. I know you're the leader. I know people have to do what you tell them to do, but at the end of the day, we don't want people to follow us. That's the lowest level of leadership is if people only follow us because they have to, right? Because there's a paycheck involved. Right. Because you're the boss and you said so, right? We want to have a better reasoning than that. And I've found that when you when you talk to different levels and you get engagement on different levels within your organization, then you get buy-in because they're a part of solving this problem. And they're a part of giving you feedback on how you can um, make that decision. And then, uh, then it's just a matter of, of lining up your options. That's what I'm all about in coaching. What could you do, right? I'm not saying what do you have to do, but ask yourself that question because that frees you up a little bit. It's a little bit different than what, what will you do, but what could you do? So there might be things on the list that you absolutely do not want to do. I tell people when they're in conflict um, uh, in an organization, they really have three options. That's all they have. People that I coach are probably sick and tired of hearing this. They kind of repeat it back to me, Kiki. But uh, <laughs> I say, you only have three options, right? They come to me, they're like, oh, I got this problem. Okay, you have three options. I know, Drew, I know. What are the three options? You can address the problem. If you have conflict with somebody in the organization, you can address it, you can get over it, or you can quit right? Those are your three, those are your three healthy options. There are other options. Sure. You could gossip about them. You could talk bad about a person behind their back, but those aren't healthy options. And so um, you have those three options. It's empowering to know that I have a choice in the matter. And maybe I'll go, okay, I'm not going to quit over this. I'm annoyed, but I'm not going to quit. Now I only have two options. Do I address this? Or is this kind of a one-off thing that I'm just going to get over it? If it happens again, I might talk about it, but this happened once somebody said something to me in a way in a tone of voice it was disrespectful, whatever the case is, but you know what? I think I'm just going to get over it this time. Okay. That's my choice. And now you've come to a, con a conclusion. You've come to a decision, but first you have to ask yourself, what could I do? And then mm -hmm. question, what will I do? So, um, so that's kind of the process that I would go through in, in making a decision uh, as a, as a senior leader in an organization. Right. Amazing. Um, and amazing. You know, I know it's proven because I saw all of the great um, reviews that were in the front of your book of, about who have actually interacted with you and you've coached them. So, I mean, that's just so amazing and, and great work with all of that. And making those steps forward to improving our leaderships and organizations as well. Um, I myself, I'm a new executive leader. So I really want to ask Thank you. Um, I just, you know, stepped into an executive leadership role a year and a half ago. So I know navigating through those waters as a new leader is very difficult and kind of finding your place because you always feel like you're in imposter syndrome or you're just not getting it. Um, you know, and especially being in a millennial age bracket as well, you kind of have those difficulties of coming over. So I want to really ask you, Drew, what advice would you give me in, in the position I'm in um, and just starting out with my leadership journey? Sure. So on, on the mindset front with that, I would tell you I've coached people in the C-suite that have been doing it 40 years. And they cry in the coaching room, you know, the private coaching room, just yes. like the people who have been doing it one year. So it's it, across the board, you know, we face challenges. And if, if people, when people feel comfortable 
and they feel like they're in a safe uh, place to share, you know, those walls come down and they let me know that, that they are, uh, they struggle like anybody else. So um, I would, I would recognize that from a mindset point of view that if you're finding it challenging, that's okay. People that have been doing it a long time find it challenging as well. If there's one area or one skill set that um, I believe is the foundation of all soft skills, whether you're in sales, you're in leadership, you are in team building, um, whatever soft skill you have, the foundation is communication. If you are, are not doing well in the area of communication, it's going to affect your leadership. And that's what people, that's why I started the first section of the book on communication because that's what I get brought in to talk about more than anything else. And really what, if I was to give, you know, outside of a, an entire training, um, what I would say is number one, uh, focus on being a people centric leader. Um, we, we get our leadership roles based on um, our, our ability to get results for, for our organization or for our boss but we maintain and keep and excel as a leader based on, um, you know, how, how we can get results with and through others. And so we have to go through that shift. And, and a lot of that comes through good communication, healthy communication with our team. So um, focus on communication and recognize that um, you need to modify your approach based on the person that you're talking with. Some people are motivated by an increase in pay and other people are motivated. Other people are motivated by um, being celebrated in the team meeting. And you have to find that out through asking the questions and talking to your team. So, uh, so that's, that's the advice I'd give. Yeah, great. That is great advice. It's, you know, people, I'm like people centric, process centric. A lot of leaders come out and they're very process business goal oriented. And so they focus on the numbers and they forget about all of the people behind those numbers as well. So I definitely want to be that people centric leader that focuses on the people. And like you said, asking the questions, how do you like to be celebrated? How do you like to be motivated as well? What encourages you in the workplace? And then making those things happen for members of your team. So, so thank you for sharing that with me. Um, so, Drew, what's what's next? What's next for you? Are you working on your next Amazon bestseller? We're going to see you next on the list. What is currently in your path? couple things. I, I'm working on, uh, <laughs> it's kind of wild, maybe from left field, but I've got an idea for uh, uh, an app um, that I'm working on and uh, getting excited because everybody I'm talking to about it is getting real excited. It doesn't have to do with leadership but it does have to do with small businesses, uh, which is a passion of mine and helping uh, small businesses. So, um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but then I do have two other books that I'm working on. Um, and one is more of a, a leadership development operating system that uh, organizations can use, specifically small businesses. You know, you get into bigger businesses, they have a system for developing leaders. But what I found in my work with small businesses is they don't have a true system to put in place um, to develop and almost have a pipeline of leaders. So that's one book that I'm working on. And then the other one is um, called The Hero Maker Method. And really it's the um, using a mentoring approach to develop leaders within your organization. And so uh, what are, you know, really my philosophy of people-centric leadership, what are the core tenets of that? What skill sets do you need? And really writing a, a book about that, that'll be um, 40 pages, excuse me, 90, 90 um, pages 
and just a daily kind of reading that you'll go through and uh, you'll lead others through. And because uh, I found that great leaders uh, can be seen as almost heroes in our life. And uh, sometimes bad leaders can be seen as villains. So, um, so I want to be a hero maker. I want to make other leaders that are heroes to uh, those that they lead. So, so that's what's in the pipeline. A, cu- a couple things. I got my whiteboard back there. So, so it keeps me, me motivated, keeps me excited. Well, all of that is amazing. Sounds like you have a busy uh, year ahead of you. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what's next. And um, an app is always exciting, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so a, a millennial, right? So we're excited about that as well. So I, I'm excited. Can you let the audience know um, if they need coaching, where they can reach out to you um, if you want to share that information? Yeah, thank you. So for my book, you can get my book absolutely free. They can download the PDF version or, or me reading the audio version at theexecutiveleadershandbook.com. So it's just the name of the book, theexecutiveleadershandbook.com. You can get it. Now, if you want a physical copy, you can go to Amazon and just type that in. Um, if you want coaching, you can reach out to me at Drew T, uh, as in Thomas, drewtjackson.com. Or I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. If you're watching this, just go ahead and reach out. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn. Drew T. Jackson uh, is, is my name there on LinkedIn as well. And let's connect and uh, shoot me a, a message and tell me what, uh, what, what challenges you're facing. I'd love to either direct you to a resource that I already have created, a YouTube or, or my book, um, or just uh, it gives me more fuel to, to write and think about um, new challenges that uh, leaders are facing out there. So I'd love to connect with you. Great. Well, thank you, Drew, so much for joining us on today's podcast. We are very excited about your success and everything that you are accomplishing. And we are so glad to have you join us and be a part of this amazing journey on our Perspectives podcast. So with that, I end today's podcast. Thank you all who are out there listening to us and hope you join in for the next episode. Thank you. Thank you for joining Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC. Essence Learning is your solution to personal and professional development. We partner with our clients to develop a learning strategy that will increase productivity, enhance performance, and align with their purpose and goals. For more information visit us online at essencelearning.net or call us at 1-877-657-5755.